0: this work and find what i'm doing here and it really really matters uh, as small as that may seem so if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show i very much appreciate it thank you for listening let's get into it peace so as we continue through the summer that is uh please enjoy this good brothers uh, episode um, that that is a bit of a mixed bag of you know, a couple items, a couple touch points. So, um, you know, as always, take the best part for yourself and let's go. Peace. Peace. I'm Jesse. My brother Justice, what's happening, baby? What's up, man? Um so, um we'll, we'll just start here. Uh Giannis, I think the cupo, I think I got it right.
1: Oh man, you said it. That's you know what
0: the, I'm saying? Big yeah, big Greek great. freak you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the Milwaukee Bucks, fear the deer, you know what I mean, have won the NBA title in six games over the Sons of Phoenix. Los, uh, what's the what Los Sons? What's those? Los, you know,
1: Los maybe I the guess other, Los
0: Sons. the other, jersey they got with, with, the, with the Spanish. I think. Yeah, it, the,
1: it still something. felt like it said Los Sons or something, though. Yeah. I
0: don't know. It's, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know what kind of Spanish. I guess, you know, I guess that's, what guess that's the appropriate I, verbiage.
1: I felt Sorry. like it was Tex-Mex. I felt like it was a uh you know Southwest it wasn't really yeah, it was like a chimichanga or something. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel like it was like pure Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like yeah. felt like it was Mexican for American ears.
0: Yeah, yeah. Chris Paul and they, they 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 were not successful in their undertaking. Um but yeah, so the Bucks won and six and and uh you know I'm interested in your point, but the one thing I, I thought and I want to give you know the brother Giannis props for I mean, know in the way he played is I feel like over the course of these playoffs, and I you know I've listened to a couple silly commentators, not many, but a couple who are still going like you know Phoenix if Phoenix needed to do the wall and da da da, but like I, I feel like Giannis realized that he is actually a big man <laughs> and not a not a wing player in this like, fully, and, you know, he still does need to do do those driving, you know, approaches for him to get his shot, but he really sort of leaned into the, like, yo, I'm, I'm a big man, like, let me get an angle, and then I'm gonna do a spin, or I'm gonna do a turn, you know, I got to move and two moves and a counter and shit, you know what I'm saying, and get my buckets up. And his effort level and his defense and rebounding, I think, is also to be lauded. But I was impressed um with the way he handled the series. Cause I feel like he, you know, well one, you mean you score over 40 in five or four or three out of six games in one finals. I feel like, you know, you're doing something right. (laughs) And and even with the foul shooting, all that, I I just, I, I feel like the league punishes big players, like for being big from the way fouls are called into the way most of us as spectators or fans speak about big men, you know, and to a degree. And, and yes, they, they did in some sense win the genetic Olympics by being 6'11", six, you know, seven foot, you know, that, that gigantic <laughs>
1: what, size. What, <laughs> is, what a seven foot four
0: man is yeah, in, right, right. right. Like I, I get it that there's not that many, but everyone in the NBA is a, is a goddamn height outlier. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like everyone in the nba every like oh he's like six four six four is really tall like that's just i think it's less than nine percent of the planet is above six four or some something number like that i think it's 14 i know it's 14 i believe used to be the number of people who are six foot or taller you know what i mean like so everyone almost everyone over there is outlier like um but it's just generally i was really impressed with the way uh Giannis, like handled the series, and I think closing it out, uh, putting the fitty burger up, and just you know, kind of like yo, we are gonna win, like <laughs> we are gonna win this game, like I'm, I'm, we block block shots, rebounds, running the floor, like all the all the stuff, you know what I mean that that we would usually attribute to the to the good hustle, you know, oh man, look look at him out there, look at his effort level, um, yeah, so you know what what, what was something that you saw you know in that in, in the games that you were able to watch I don't know if you were able to watch them all or whatever in the yeah. series what were some thoughts you had about the series.
1: So first I'd be remiss and and our righteous and and our righteous brother would, would say whatever if we didn't say this. gotta give a shout out to Milwaukee <laughs> <laughs> and fear the deer for our brother Dallas Divine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Out there in town, you know um you know it's interesting to watch a small market win cuz even though people perceive it like yo it's 500,000 500, people in the broader sense of you know basketball it's still a small market right um so i think it was a, it, it it was great to see them win um you know then uh, i'll go i go high level before i kind of drill down obviously the idea of Milwaukee versus Phoenix was probably a nightmare in the <laughs> in the thoughts and the emotions of the NBA uh, <laughs> staff. Right now, mm-hmm. I think it performed better than expected because of the Chris Paul Giannis, you know, kind of idea, um, and as well as that it actually created good basketball. Right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now, time will tell frankly how people are responding to what it means to watch good basketball right which i think ties into your point about like as a sport people moved away from like really tall people who were really good and scored to people who were to people like either lebron or 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 curry right steph Mm -hmm. either people who were like Kind of freaks of nature, but still, like, had this big story, which LeBron does, right? He carries this narrative.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or people like Steph Curry was like, he's kind of just like you. He just shot a gazillion times, right? Which still obscures the fact that your father was one of the best shooters ever, pure shooters ever in basketball, right? <laughs> like, right. You, like, you were not a kid that needed a creep. And walked outside to the creek, and walked over glass and all of them <laughs> narratives.
0: Yeah, you were like Spencer Haywood shooting, it, shooting a leather, a leather stuffed <laughs> ball into a, a barrel. <laughs> You know right. what I'm saying? on a day uh, under you know sharecropper conditions in you know rural Mississippi and shit like yeah, like like <laughs> you're, you're, you're Steph Curry, like
1: you know what yeah. I mean? Like I give it to you. you, you know, you and your brother are not tall in the in the NBA sense. You're tall right. to your point in the rest of the world sense.
0: Yeah, that's what I remember. <laughs> Steph Curry six three, so that's all y'all are like, oh, yeah I could put- Steph will bust your ass. Like but that's the thing,
1: are. but that's the thing. The perception on this on the screen is that Steph Curry is like your height. Not not that Steph Curry is 6'3". And again, came up under one of the top five sharpshooters of all NBA history, right? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. so I think we had got to that point where people started looking at these characters that were humanized in their sense. And I think Giannis is one of the basketball players who he's not like you. Yeah. (laughs) In no way, shape, form, or fashion. He's not like you where he came from. (laughs) He's not like you in his perspective. His his wingspan is longer than his height, which makes you a unique individual alone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yes, he plays old school basketball. Now, sometimes he shoots threes and he can't shoot foul shots, which complicates things. But generally speaking, his strength is to play old school basketball, like the basketball that we came up on. And somebody said, that's how you play basketball. You score and you punish someone, right? (laughs) You don't shoot a three, you didn't everyone did run down and never and never dribble, right? Like just those things that we have come to like understand in basketball that I think continue to make it open to more to, to, to the bigger fan base, but at some point got away from now everybody, even if you're seven one, you shoot threes. But everyone isn't Kevin Durant, right? Like again, he's another f- like physical freaking nature. Yeah, yeah. He's he's an
0: absolute outlier.
1: And and the absolute thing of what happens when you have a growth spurt later in life. Right? And I think people, but this is important for people to think about. A lot of these guys that do this, they were not tall and they got tall. Mm -hmm. So that's why they can shoot. yeah, Because they weren't tall at one point. Right? And then they got tall and then that just kept shooting. And so so I think I think it was good for basketball. I think it was good in the same way I think that the Toronto win was good a couple of years ago. I don't necessarily think that it means it's a, a Milwaukee dynasty. No disrespect, Niles Devon. But like <laughs> I don't think that it means it's a dynasty, but I think that it's good for small market teams to win and teams that aren't LA, Brooklyn, two LA teams, Brooklyn, you know, um, to win because then that lets people understand that like you can build teams different ways. And, and also I'm not, you know, I think, and you shared this at one point, I'm not just thinking of
0: like against the super team Yeah, it's mostly because bullshit. it's good. Well, it's mostly bullshit. Right. Just, I mean, there's only a couple of teams that we don't consider the teams from the eighties super teams because we see we see super teams as a creature of the concept of, of like more assertive player free agency. And supposedly aka, AKA young
1: black AKA young black men doing what they wanna
0: Right. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, you know, if you if you really look at it, you know, the the, the year Durant joined the, the 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 Golden State, we consider that super team. You know, I mean, I'll go for it. I'll say, yeah. I mean, that was a pretty super team. It was pretty dope. And, but before Jordan Durant joining it is considered, you know, a naturally developed winner or whatever, because, you know, because supposedly they didn't, uh, you know, uh, add, you know, the, the first two years, to me, the first two years of Miami with LeBron and all them is a super team. But after that, like, you know, the other two or the super three was not necessarily, uh, you know, they was good, but they wasn't, like, great, you know what I mean, right. comparatively, like, you know, within the team concept. Um, but, like, you know, the Spurs teams that won, we wouldn't count those teams as super teams. The Toronto team, we wouldn't count as a super team. Um, people don't count this team as a super team, although, the you know, they gave up super resources to get Drew Holiday. Right. Yeah, I mean, but we don't think of it as a super team because we don't think of Drew Holiday as a player at that level. And, you know, I just, I, I, I'm i all, I'm just sensitive to the idea that, like, and I, I think something important to point out, too, while, while I'm
2: there, is uh, that, I mean,
0: even the, the superest is team's, I mean, the Golden State one, while Durant was there, was was you know ultimately derailed by the injuries, right? And which right. was hard to sustain, you know, playing deep, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I think they would have broke up anyway, even if they had one. I think Durant would have left. I, I think I think he understood that. In terms of the way he would be perceived even though he, you know, he played those games and he won them games. <laughs> like, like he did those things like right. that people perceive it as somehow easy. You know, I, I think NBA championships are just, they're just not easy to win. There's no real easy way, but anyway, I, I don't want to go too deep off in that because we can come back to it. What was your, your point you wanted to add on about that?
1: No, no. I just, I just think like <clears throat> this idea, it's good for people to think about that. Teams from smaller markets can win, even if you identify there's a super team because again outside of like the perception of the heat, which was really three good players and six or seven role players right mm-hmm. so sometimes we're saying super team is' kind of like uh is this really more of a super team than the Lakers and the 80s, or the Celtics in the 80s. Or oh shit, more of a super team than the Sixers in the 83? I don't know. Like, you know, the Sixers mm-hmm. were really good and they went and got Moses Malone, Right. And they won because they went and got Moses to beat Kareem and Magic, right? So this idea that this is the first time this is happening is trash, right? But anyway, <laughs> it, it's more important, I think, for the idea of small markets to do it um and you know willfully you know the nba will build off of this to really look at these other teams and make sure that like you know the donovan mitchells uh the jamal murray's right like that these other players continue to get the 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 access and continue to get the attention they need so that folks can just stop thinking about, frankly, LeBron, whether LeBron or Durant or, Kev, or Harden are, you know what I mean? Which yeah. I get is difficult, but like, yeah, but you got to move past that.
0: Yeah, but I think it's something that is definitely important there with, I mean, and I think it was a very, actually like, a, like an entertaining series to watch this series if you, if you watch the games. And, you know, Booker a player that if you're like a basketball person, you like know the oh, book A he went to Kentucky and he was one, you know, highly rated. You might know who Aiden I mean, he was the number one overall pick. So like you'd know who he is. But if you're a casual fan, like you you gotta you gotta see the players. Like and you're at to me, I think a transition point where a lot of the folks that folks are most familiar with, even LeBron, like I, you know, it's hard for me to think
1: it's too many more seasons. I mean, I imagine
0: you know, I don't know if LeBron is gonna do a. I'm gonna become a six man, <laughs> like I'm gonna become the super six man. <laughs> like three seasons, I come, I play like 20 minutes a game, like a, like the old head, you know. At the pickup game, oh. that come on and just destroy you with passes and stuff from the elbow, yeah. right, I mean? like, right. Like, and he he shoots from
1: the elbow, like he's the only person on the court shooting from the yeah. elbow, doing like <laughs> doing like, a kick out and shooting from the elbow that no one else is even playing from,
0: right, like like you know if he if he you know because he if he if he's willing to play that kind of role, he he might play five or six more years. If he plays like that, I just don't, I, I would think sometime in the next three years, he kind of goes, all right, man, I'm going to hang him up. <laughs> but, but you know, some of these younger players, you know, so do they time. And I mean, Giannis being one of them, I think we forget, Giannis is only 26. So he's just entering his, you know, really your prime, usually when NBA players have their best seasons. And their team, so like, even in the way they build up the games, like the league could do a much better job of like telling you about who these guys are. Like, you know, give us some story, like show Oh man, look at this, you know, here's a feature piece on this individual and like make them interesting people. I mean, at least the way, I mean, the league, I thought learned from the way that they let, you know, kind of Jordan. And I guess let Jordan probably is people probably be like, Jordan made us. Make us love him like that, and just pay attention to him. But it was a lot of other good players in the '90s. You know, some that made some some missteps or whatever, or weren't as successful. But there used to be, at least I felt like, you know, like who who you put on the little like the little Barker before the game starts, like you know this team versus that team, and these three players are like the headshots or the dude doing like the the action pass, the action move. You know what I'm saying? So that you know who the, who the guys are, like you know stuff like NBA inside stuff you know, which was, was a marketed, you know, like a kid show, but it told you about the players. <laughs> so if you, if yeah. you did happen on to like a Saturday after cartoons and and you started watching the inside stuff, even if you wasn't into the basketball, you kind of learned about, Oh, that's uh, some guy who plays for the, the Hawks. Oh, nah, that's cool. Look at that guy. Right. And now it's almost as if at least the, the content wise, it it, it, it very depends on sort of like well they got their own social media so we don't do those sort right. of things and then and they-, they
1: create their own a lot of the people you're talking about have created their own world right like LeBron to degree even with sometimes it being cringy a little bit Durant has created his own world <laughs> right so it's like yeah they just go with who's ever created their own world and maybe Jamal Murray has not created his own world yet and I get that you know, and, you know, Fat Lever and Alex English were really good and no one knew about them either. But it's almost (laughs) like they have to think about creating this because there are a lot of players. To your point, there's more players like Jamal Murray than there are LeBron or even Giannis, frankly, right? Like, and and thinking about the personality and the teams that are just a really good and for not people to like, you know, tune out because their favorite two or three teams aren't in the finals. Um, But also, I think it's it's important that we had a conversation about this. Generally speaking, in basketball, at least, the team with the best player wins. Generally speaking, you could argue some of the stuff of maybe when LeBron might have been better than Durant. I mean, you can argue that kind of stuff. But Durant was obviously better in that he was better in that series. But generally speaking, that's what happens. <clears throat> and generally speaking, that's what happened here. The best player on the best team won. Right? Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's what happens. And, you know, the, the mystery of Chris Middleton, where it's like, Chris Middleton is either unstoppable or couldn't hit the side of a, a building with a brick you just never know how he's going to show up, but he showed up in this in this series relatively good. And then, and obviously, Jerry Holiday, like, you know, in who he is and in the, the game he has. So I just think, I think it was actually normally these kind of series, I'll be like, oh, this basketball sucks. But I think it was good for the game, good and good for the league um, that this occurred. And getting back to this idea that just the talent, frankly, at this juncture is evenly distributed
0: throughout the NBA. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that the the skill level is overall, I think it it, is higher in terms like the amount of teams that really have multiple people who can shoot. (laughs) Like like people keep harping on Giannis can't shoot. Like he can shoot enough. He's a big man. He's not a damn wing. He doesn't, you know, like can we stop asking him to shoot thirty foot shots and whatnot? And you know, but most teams have several people that can shoot long shots or mid-range shots or whatever the case may be. And um and I think it's more it, it's more challenging to figure out like what's the best like formula, you know what I'm saying? I think there's a, I think, you know, and I don't know, it might not be enough, you know, this one series, right? You know, but I think it's not unrealistic for Milwaukee to at least get back to the Eastern Conference Finals next year. I wouldn't be surprised. And I just think in terms of the teams, like, unless there's a, so there's some structural changes to Philly where they stop forcing n b to be trying to create from the damn three-point line um they're not going to get out of their they're not going to get out of their own way no matter what they do with ben simmons if 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 brooklyn is healthy i think they probably win the whole thing honestly especially with with the lakers knocked out but they weren't healthy (laughs) and that's the reality of basketball is we can assume everybody be healthy next year but you know you don't really know like dudes, well, dudes could come back and be good half the season and then get hurt again and you know you got to play who you got to play with
1: well that's like, a small thing too I think there's something to be said about and if we're honest the rush season and then people coming back and what was I won't argue lost because it was a good see, it was a good playoffs but one could argue the amount of the amount of injuries clearly has something to do with the rushing back to play the next year.
0: Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally. And whatever that looks like and whatever that means for next season with people at it with a full tank, so to speak. Um, because it's important to realize Milwaukee went out relatively early last year. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they didn't get to the, the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. yeah. they went out. You know what I mean? Second round. Yeah, they went in the second round. So it's like they all had a chance to relax and they went and got somebody. Versus the, I mean, even you look at the Miami season this year, by all accounts, it's disappointing. But I can't I can't ignore the fact that I think that it was had something to do with. You know, the amount of games they played and the amount of mileage on on their bodies, right? Yeah. So it, it will be interesting to see what it means uh, for this year.
0: Yeah, and I think that's
1: um, the only other thing I did enjoy.
0: Um, you know, I, I think I think you know, Giannis lately, some he seemed like legitimately happy and and I did read I mean I, and like people you know he cuz he did bring it up like you know doing it his way and da, da, da. you know I think some of that was very specifically targeted to James Harden <laughs> like I, I like people were just like oh he's like sort of saying to all the superstars like oh you guys want to make super teams and and I, and I think he was you know saying the idea that people think is the idea, but I think he was very specifically pointing out to people. Like, I, I, you know, I feel like he, you know, maybe was specifically speaking to Harden just as somebody who, you know, spoke negatively of him, you know what I mean, and, and his, you know, supposed lack of skills. And, but he also seemed like, you know, there was, was a couple of like, right after the game, you know, and he walked across and he, like, sat on a in a chair and you know, they like, you know, you got a little, little 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 sweltery in the eyes and like the kind of like, man, I did it. <laughs> like, right. I, like, you know, I I appreciate seeing, you know, you know, black men be happy in public, like with their accomplishments. Like I think it's something good for me, you know, for me to see, you know, when you see someone really like, like, yes, like I just did this, I'm so happy. I'm, I'm dancing around the stadium, I'm high-fiving people and stuff you know what I mean, uh, uh, talking all aggressive to my brother on the phone, which was, I don't know if you watched any of the post-game no. It's like him, like you can see him doing the phone thing, like, you know, like the FaceTime or something. And it's like, and then later I saw that, it was like, he was talking to his brother, I think his brother, Phanassus, who's on the team, was in the protocol, so he couldn't come to the stadium. So he's like, mm, you know, I can't sound like gibberish. They're yelling at each other, but it was like super aggressive, like happy, you know, even though, you know, somebody, well, he ain't African-American. He's from he's from Greece. You know, he's not, like, black. I'm like, but that was real. Maybe not. Maybe he's only had 10 years of, of similar experience, but, I, but I've but i had that kind of aggressive happiness <laughs> when you're talking <laughs> to, your, to your brother. You're like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It It's a pleasure to see, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm not always here for the, like, the painting the story of like basketball as as vehicle to escape the harshness of of you know uh, of, our, of our of 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 the uh, world society as it were but you know i think it, it's something for it to be like you know talk about oh my moms were selling cds on the street you know what i'm saying before i came over here <laughs> like you know i'm i'm able to take care of all my you know like i'm take care about my, my people families over here you know like I was, you know, I played some basketball, but I have been playing basketball for 10 years and shit. <laughs> More or less. Well, I, I mean, I think to your point and, you know, this might be a, you know,
1: transition, <laughs> but I I do think there's a real interesting point around how we have framed basketball in this country for the last, I don't know, maybe 45 45 years, right? About where people come from and how they play, right? Mm-hmm. And then Owing to my point about Steph Curry and other players, like you have a group of people who they've been playing basketball and they've been playing, maybe their families were playing, maybe people around them, AU games, whatever. They didn't come from the worst of conditions to to play basketball, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that doesn't take anything away from their talent, Right. right? Like this narrative, again, that feeds into this element of talking about Black people where it's like, Anything we got was from a hard scrabble situation. We just can't be good at something because we're good at it. Yeah, we had to be good at it because it was like we didn't have any other choice, right? Yeah, we had okay, to survive the mean streets. Yeah, on the, the mean streets of 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 you know, of, uh, you know uh, insert city here. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> but I do think it's interesting to have a conversation about what it means to have a global dialogue about basketball. And to say that there was a family in Athens, Greece, who, for whatever reason, basketball presented a way out from the challenges of global capitalism, right? That is not a is not an American story, Mm. because I do think that's important for us to take black folks in America and take us out of this conversation where we're the only ones that are inhibited or engaged or harmed by global capitalism Mm. and i do think that like the conversation about giannis and his family is an interesting one that yeah it's been a short time but globally this is something that was real they got through it and here's where we are and now he's going to chick-fil-a buying 50 pieces of nuggets and (laughs) half and half and some crazy shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I do think that was an important narrative to shift from versus the LeBron Iverson, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. thing was like, you know. You know, from the,
0: the daddy wasn't there, Like the whole Right.
1: Yeah. Which which like I said, like I said, Steph Curry complicates that narrative, right? Yeah. Because you're not saying that. You're just saying he looks like you, he smiles sometime, and he just shoots really damn good. So you don't call you don't put that on him. You wanna be him. Mm-hmm. You know you're not LeBron. You know you're not Iverson, even though you're not Kobe, even though Kobe's father played international basketball. But you know you're not Kobe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You're like you're not as vicious as him in no way, shape, form, or fashion. <laughs> 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 like at all. Yeah. But Absolutely. you you can be these other people where it's like, no, I think Giannis is a really good understanding of now. To me, there's no debating that basketball is now a global sport.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, so you know, I think uh Overall, it was, it was entertaining, you know, probably the only other observation I had thought wise about it is I felt as the series went on that Phoenix's inexperience started to show. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, this is all of them dudes, except for Chris Paul, first time Chris Paul and uh, Crowder, but you know, every other significant player on his day, first real time in the playoffs. <laughs> ever like they, they they never made no playoff games and you know get to the finals is you know it sucks to lose but it also is a lot of dudes ain't never played the finals so you know take that you know may them make them better players next year you know what i mean um uh and then i would say uh, you know, I guess related to <laughs> it's national or, uh, news issues with uh, the, I was watching the people in the outside and the big thing and thinking about this uh, variant, you know, and and, and and on a COVID update, you know what I mean? Like it was very, uh, it was surprising that even, even within the series, they still had, and I, and I don't know if it's, people picking up on it or noticing it within the kind of thing, but you had still had multiple people who had like, at least like COVID, you know, like that Giannis's brother, not being able to be at the last game. Um, I mean, just before the series, I guess for the Clippers series with Chris Paul being out due to COVID exposure or, or potential, you know, I don't remember if he was ever, I don't know if they ever said he actually had COVID himself or just had to be out due to protocol, but the, you know, this the COVID's still with us, even though the world has opened up. And um so, if you didn't know, world, we just did a segue <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to this Delta variant, and it's interesting, God, because I get people. I've read enough things that, like, where it's just generally it's just a reality that, and I think some. Of them, speak to with early in our conversations during the beginning of the pandemic that the fear that this could become just a thing that's like happening with us and and people similarly situated, you know, socially or economically, and that you know the rest of the world will just go on. And unfortunately, I mean, there's just a lot of people that that are still getting COVID. Um you know more than not not like it was, but it's still spreading, so like you know I'm you know uh since they shared a stat with me us at some point, I think in June, so it was a little while ago, you know um you know black people were eighty percent of the hospitalizations, you know what I'm saying for COVID, which is like. Yeah, it's a lot of of hospitalizations for people that aren't, you know, are dependent on whose 60s whose who's you believe are less than five percent for sure of the population here. Right, it's highly concerning <laughs> for me, and I, and I just don't know if people still treating it serious. What's 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 some of your thoughts on this 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 Delta situation?
1: Uh, so it's like uh, it underscores America. Right. And and I want to be clear, I ain't putting just on black folks who, for a variety of reasons, have decided not to get the vaccine. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's a whole bunch of other people, read white people (laughs) um, in America who have also not decided. When you look at some of these states with the lowest forms of vaccination, there's some of the highest population of black folks, but also the highest population of white people who have decided not to get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of convergence, but uh, what I'll say is about, and we've talked about this on a lot of different levels, but I think this is one of the examples of, and I'm not talking about people's decision to take a vaccine, but the idea that your own information is out there, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's less about the vaccine, more about your information versus the information. Mm -hmm. And so, and what that ends up meaning to people in regard to, like, being harmed or being sick. And then, so you have a deep level of distrust of the government and systems, but you also really depend on government and systems to, like, function and survive and in some ways continue to live, right? And this idea of where we are, which is like, what everything is happening in, in, in America, and literally fifty percent of the people, and half of the people in the country, are, you know, have had the particular, you know, whatever. It's just a such a, a such an interesting element of like American society, where we have chosen our own information, chosen our own facts and then are trying to interact with each other based upon that. And then acknowledging that, again, the people who are often the sickest traditionally or impacted by the most health issues are also going to be the people who get harmed, Mm -hmm. right? And so what does that look like? And like, you know, shout out to everybody who's thinking about the, the health, the things you can do to, you know, keep yourself healthy, generally speaking. But we also know a lot of the folks who are getting impacted are not people who are being thoughtful about everything they're taking into their systems. They're more defined by their fear of government than of the very real threat of what's occurring to them, mm-hmm. right? Which I think that is the bigger picture for me, that that's the country you have, right? And it plays out not just in believing Donald Trump, but it plays out in believing that the government wants to harm you. mm mm-hmm. And so when you have millions of people in America, of all races, who fundamentally believe that the government wants to harm them, that is a ringing indictment of our democracy and a ringing indictment of the information people are receiving. Because, again, whatever decision you arrive at, the point that you think the government wants to make you sick, that's a whole other kind of idea. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, I guess, the
2: other um,
0: issue of, like, folks looking at the circumstance. Because right, like, whether or not you choose to vaccinate, I don't think it's the only, like, control factor, right? It's that, like, the idea that you would go, well... Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything <laughs> to protect myself. Like, I'm just, right. like, I'm just, like, because of how I see it, like, as you were saying, as I see it based on my information, I ain't wearing no mask. I ain't doing this. I ain't doing none of that. And I'm going posse deep to, you know, to whatever outings and, and things. And i it's just going to be what it's going to be. And, you know, that it, it, it's like, it, it's confusing. It, it, and it's a weird place to be in from a, like wanting to respect people kind of like choice to do what they want to do with themselves while also going like you know just checking in to make sure you're aware that like you know you you could be putting yourself in mortal danger you know what I'm saying why you know like I was thinking about so I was home in New Jersey in June and you know, here it was before the restrictions were lifted here or like the official was over. And then like so I've been like made gauging my own sense of how all this feels to me, even. And it's like, you know, I am vaccinated, but I still like wearing a mask. Because one sometimes you go on business and stuff and everybody working is wearing masks. And it's like, well, y'all are wearing masks, I'm gonna wear a mask. And it's like, you know, right. you know like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, if if whatever the, whatever the risk factors may be, it doesn't really cost me nothing to just throw this mask on and do what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, then I, you know, do whatever, I do my next step. And, um, and, you know, there's other things, you know, like prevent, you know, the kind the summer colds that's coming back. Cause people, you know, been outside and all the other things it's like, you know, and are touching wow. each other. No, yeah. that's the
1: thing. Like the idea of like the summer cold that for at least a year didn't exist to you, mm-hmm. but now like you touch people and are being close to people, and now you get like <laughs> sniffles and shit again. It's like, damn, how did I get the sniffles again? Yeah, because you're touching people's hands,
0: <laughs> right, you're dapping up stuff, and <laughs> you're
1: you're, and you know you're touching money, you're touching money with other people, and now you get a cold cause, yeah. because because the germs amongst us.
0: <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 interesting. Like just feeling, you know? Yeah, you know I mean and, and I and I've tried to stay away because from like you know the the, the Delta variant, you know, is it, is more contagious. Um multiple of these the things that I've read not really pointed to it necessarily being more like deadly or, deadly. or whatever right, right, right. than any of the other versions that's that it's easier to catch, right? Um and so I try to like look at the information from a perspective of what do I need to know to make good decisions? And then what stuff kind of is taking me into some other place that really isn't healthy. Like, like it's either taking me into, Oh, like I'm only learning about the Delta variant so I can shame people who don't, who haven't got a vaccine or I'm doing, you know, I'm also learning about the Delta variant to shame people in the States that I consider Trumpy States. And like, yeah, I hope something bad happens to those Trump people. Like. These are not these are not a healthy way to approach life. This is not a way that it actually gets me to the outcomes that I want for myself. And so I'm, you know, and then also the aspect of folks, you know, intentionally people love to make you scared, like, oh, the delta is going to do this, this, or this one, or the, the whatever one's going to do this other thing. And and you know, this is an age where you just have to really be mindful of what you're taking in and why you're taking it in. And I mean, cause it's like, it's not information that's helping me make a better decision about like what we're going to do in the moment or how to help somebody or how to take care of people. It just becomes like, you know, virtue signaling and uh, something to point the finger at somebody else for why things aren't going well. Um, Meanwhile, not having clear that still the systemic stuff that the pandemic exposed are still problems, you know that you know not really sufficient medical apparatus and healthcare and and you know people's lack of care around public health as a concept and right you know what I mean are still issues that we need to address and so if I go off and spin around the Delta variant and and, and 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 what it means, and it's really just becomes this thing around like a new way to shame people for their decision-making as opposed to something to go like, no. And so that we all understand that, you know, viruses and other things, they mutate and they change and different ones. Like, we're not talking about it by its name for scientific purposes. <laughs> we're talking about it right. by its name so we could be like, either it's the boogeyman or it's the scarlet letter, you know what I'm saying, to attach to somebody. You know what I mean, it's not about actual improvement. It's not about some other deeper understanding. Um, it is a reminder though, and I didn't I haven't got to read in more of the details of what um because like, I think LA, I think reinstituted a mask policy of some kind that you yeah. know it's still we're we're not done with this thing. <laughs> and I just I think people are I f- I worry that folks are just like oh we're we're just done or whatever you know it's just gonna all be you know not necessarily gonna be all rosy but whatever happens I'm I'm gonna start tuning out and especially if I'm situated between my my uh, social economic position if I chose to get you know the vaccine I got like I got this cascading set of things that allows me to just not care because ultimately I'm probably not gonna get it I'm probably not gonna get it either by how I'm placed, meaning I don't go outside that much. I'm, I'm still getting shit delivered. Or, you know I mean, like I'm or you also got the vaccine and you also, you know, have the financial uh, positioning where you ain't gotta be around nobody you don't want to be around. So you're probably gonna avoid it. You know I mean, and but other people could be over in right in your community suffering. And I I don't wanna have us have a space where some of those of us who might have better positioning or whatever aren't aware that, yo, there's still people suffering and we need to like, you know, work on that together.
1: Right. No, I think that that makes sense. I mean, I think and that that's a, uh, again, that kind of speaks to the reality of our country and what's happening and what we need to be thinking about in regard to, you know, however people are showing up in their, their vantage points, that again, the the stratification, the lack of access to information, the everybody's getting different information element of, our, uh, of America mm-hmm. is just the broader, one of the, I would argue, one of the broader reasons why we're back in the situation where a variant that, again, I mean, there's some breakthrough cases, but we're not quite sure how impactful it would be generally speaking, but when everyone in the country generally decided that the COVID was over, and this is before everyone was uh, quote unquote vaccinated, because clearly mm-hmm. only half of America is vaccinated, so <laughs> it right. couldn't have been <laughs> then anyway. But at some point, people just decided it was over. Yeah, they're like, man, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Like I, since I didn't get it yet, it's a wrap. And so we see the challenge when we run up against something like that to say, just because you didn't get it yet, don't mean it's a challenge. And that relates to so many other things in our in our cities, in our country, in our counties and rural reason, regions. That's like, no, nah, just because you didn't get it, don't mean it ain't happening. And now we see that, and we see, you know, and then the, the other challenge on the on a macroeconomic level is okay, what kind of drag happens? Or just like in LA, they reinstated it, but the sheriff isn't enforcing it. Because the sheriff's vantage point is. You told us that this was the solution and now this percentage of people are vaccinated. And what you want me to do? Mm. Again, you have different information. And when we're, when we're not operating from the same playbook, mm. that's a whole nother level of a challenge. And I think, you know, my, my argument would be that's that, that is a seminal issue of our time that we're not operating from the same playbook. And when when we're not doing that, it's going to be much more difficult to come together as a collective to solve any issue, right? COVID is just a stand-in for any issue we might find ourselves dealing. With.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you know, um, I ain't got too much much deeper on that one. Size man, stay safe out there, and like you know, go outside, but don't 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 you know. Go, Here's my go, thing, man. Don't go too it's, hard, man.
1: <laughs> my thing, get yourself together. You, you know where you at. Here's my thing. Everybody know where they at.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And deal with it according to you knowing where you at. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's almost like they say about the streets. If you in the streets, you know what the possibilities are. Yeah. So yeah. If, you're, if you're in the streets with COVID, with COVID being out there, and whatever your status, however you're moving, or other people around you, you know what it looked like, and so, just move and act accordingly, according to you know what it is to stand what you do. So,
2: and
0: in, uh, and in, in our last pivot, you know, of the of, of the of the evening or what have you, um, USA basketball. <laughs> oh man, of 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 of. Situations or was it circumstances of of doing a job in our lives?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like it might as well be usher. You know what
0: I'm saying like they lost to France, and now they could totally just go ahead and win the rest of their games and and whatever. The, the, the thing I'm I'm curious to get your thought about, and it's it actually sort of ties into. I think I think I can make this attachment. All right, so the curious thing about the Bucks winning in six is that you know folks looking at the construction of their team, by some folks' assessment, all of the this part, even the greatness that Giannis has overall, that some of his in inability or his limitations, and then their structural limitations, did not make it seem like they would be able to get it done. Um, but they did. Uh, our structural issues <laughs> we talked about from, um, but also behavioral, you know, somewhere in between in terms of the way we get information and the way we respond to information is hampering our ability to, you know, really find us at the end of this pandemic, so to speak. And also the pandemic, you know, in terms of the virus having its own biological imperative to to exist, you know, so therefore it changes. Um, Team USA is a is a is a odd entity. You know, it's I think it's been much other people that work in sports for a living would tell you that it's like a, you know, it's a team that when they win, everyone just goes, "Yeah, good job." But when they lose, it's a national crisis. Um but there's actually no upside. There's very little upside for them on like the USA, you know, pride for the country tip. Um but on the other hand, how that team is put together, right? And ever since it went to putting professional players on the team, there's been this, and even in the years that they lost, they were still mostly pretty damn good um, for the most part. But of like whatever pros we send will be sufficient to beat the world. And
2: it's an interesting thing to me
0: in that I don't think the world overall has overall caught up with the US, so to speak. But I do think there's still something to you got to put people together that are complementary. Um, like the leadership of how you organize a team still matters. And it seems like with Team USA, basketball for international competition. It's a weird, like, yeah, we just going to get, you know, these players and, and it'll be fine. And it doesn't matter if we don't really have that many big men. It doesn't really matter if we don't have any point guard, first point guards, you know what I'm saying? It's all good. Like, it'll just be fine because we're just so talented. And and then the, the, the people who suffer when it doesn't go well are the players because people, you know, basically talk bad about him. You know what I'm saying? And, and I just, it's a very confusing, I don't know how he lost to France and only scored 76 points. All right, I'm just going to say it. It doesn't seem to make no damn sense to me. So, majestic, how do you feel about this situation?
1: So I think to your point, it, it is a conversation that we need to have about, you know, as things change, do you change? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, 88, 92, dream team, all these things like, let's just be real. Global basketball has caught up with American basketball. On a variety of levels. Now, you could argue and say, well, yeah, that's because all your best players are not playing together. And that's probably true. The best 11 basketball players from America are not on the team. Yeah. For a variety of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the best 11 of players on that team are not together with the best possible coach to coach all 11 of those players, which is another important thing. Mm-hmm. So, yes, if we just minimize it to can we get the best 12 American players and if they play the best 12 players from somewhere else in the world, would they win? I generally say they still would win. But if you start to include the best 20 to 25 players in America, right, mm-hmm. versus people from other places in other countries who live here all year round or at least nine months out of the year, right, they play with you nine months out of the year, and then they go home and play as a team <laughs> for the other three months. And they're actually playing for a level of credibility that we would never understand because there's still a level, no matter what you, how you want to frame it, there's still a conversation in America about what does it mean to be Black or brown or even sometimes poor and white from America and representing the country. Mm-hmm. So if you say to James Harden, are you playing this year? Or, are you saying to LeBron? He's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm representing a blockbuster film. <laughs> Right. And I didn't get enough time off last year. So no, I'm not playing. Right. Or Steph Curry, are you playing? Or Clay Thompson, are you playing? Or this person? No, I'm not playing. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. Right. but All these other people, they're playing. And and again, going back to my point, like. It's a point you made, like, is Popovich, is he one of, is he probably the best coach in the NBA? I would probably say top two or three, depending on who you're talking about, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is he the best is he the best person to handle all the different personalities who might just show up on a team? Because Popovich to me is like the person that gets what other what other kid can just be there that day, <laughs> like at a basketball tournament or something. Like <laughs> yeah, all the kids are good, but you don't know what kids you're getting. Mm-hmm. And you just gotta play. Yeah, right. And so, have Durant and Damian Lillard played together ever? Right. Besides right. one All Star game, no. And then you think thinking you're bringing more firepower because the series is over, but it's like you're bringing new people who are already tired.
0: Right. Just play, They they. You know, play yeah, play. yeah. Vers-
1: versus, wow. versus versus. okay, yeah, you got some players from up I mean, Giannis and all of them. But, like, some of them people, they've been out for a minute. Some of the guys
0: that played for Nigeria and for France, they've been chilling for a minute. <laughs> yeah, they've they just been training. Yeah. Doing <laughs> you know, conditioning and getting up shots, doing exhibitions and stuff. Like, And they you know, know you, just, and that's my it. point. And they know you. They know
1: your game because they play with you all year. They know what side you like to go to. They know what side you don't like to go to. Mm. So you think not, that's not gonna come out? So I, I think it's like one of those things, like as times change, to me broadly, America, the USA has to figure out are you going to field a team of people who may not be first string but get a chance to be with each other and play with each other and get a rhythm? Or are you just going to convince the best 12 players in America to play together? And say the hell with everything else. But I think you gotta pick a side. Yeah. Cause if you don't pick a side, you get what we're getting now.
2: Yeah. And I think it's I think it's really I think you have to.
0: It one, it is still it's a different sport than regular NBA basketball. I mean, like from the way it's refereed, I mean the, the trapezoid is gone but it's still a wider lane and like all that structural stuff. And I just wonder like how long does it take for guys to adjust to their own expectations and and like being with each other? It it still doesn't seem like though it's it's weird to be like, basically it's it's almost like, you know, maybe this is what being an Alabama uh, fan is like, where you just expect the team to go undefeated no matter what. Like, they should just right. lose no games. <laughs> um, and it's just like, it's bizarre, man. I I, I, I find myself feeling really conflicted because I'm like, yo, how'd y'all so score 76 points? And on the other hand just being like, well, I mean, this is damn international exhibition tournament. Like, you know, I guess, you know, why should we be upset you know what I'm saying are we upset because america's losing or we feel like we're disappointed in these guys <laughs> for, for for not giving us more sledgehammer and pounding pounding the world you know what I'm saying like smash smash right know? um you know i mean maybe they work it out man maybe they work it out you know maybe they get the next game and you know but it just it does not seem it seems like it seems like there could be some way to get more players who are like some contingent of it that are just like, these are just the guys that play international basketball for the United States. I mean, on a whole unrelated, related, but unrelated thing. I don't know if you're familiar with the three on three basketball, Olympic level basketball. I think it was no. in the last in the last Olympics, I think, but our three on three team did not make the Olympics. <laughs> Really win the last world title, I think, which you know was in I think twenty nineteen or something. Uh led by Robbie Hummel. You know what I'm saying? Purdue uh great, you know. And, what? And the three, on three. Yeah, three on three team is total, but I think the three on three women's team is, is gold medal favorite, at least they're in the mix. Yeah. I I didn't even really remember that that was a thing, but I was with some people last night, and they were like, yeah, the three-on-three team, didn't even, you know, how are they doing? I was like, wait, what three-on-three team? It was like, yeah, and then it was like, they, they didn't even make the, the, they didn't make the Olympics. They they lost, and, and so therefore, they, they're not even there. You know, maybe the world has caught up.
1: Wow, I, I didn't even know. I don't, I
0: don't know, man. You know, I'm I'm leaning (sighs) on a different team and Kevin Durant figure this thing out, you know. But on the other hand, like damn man, what if Kevin Durant go over there and play all hard to get the gold medal? And then, you know, he ain't he don't get an appropriate recuperation time, so you come back here and try to, you know, at least for those that care about those sort of things, salvage his image, so to speak, by winning, you know, the NBA title. I don't think no, that's a real that's a
1: real conversation.
0: That's a real, that's a real thing. I think too that I I just really think that like pro level players like I I don't think I mean it'd be great if LeBron somebody did post a <laughs> a great meme of uh saying like when Shep shows up with above the rim to join what's his name's team <laughs> that like LeBron should just fly over there and be like Nah man he on he on the original roster his name's right there you know what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: It'd, and it'd be like a real Co- Space Jam. <laughs> yeah. right. It'd be like it'd be like a mix of the
0: Butter Room and Space Jam. Like, <laughs> dinner. Yeah, like, pull up. You, know what I'm saying, and like sweats in a cut off T-shirt. Like, yeah, man, let me get in here. Let's, let's, let's get in a, in a Newport, situation.
1: in a Newport, behind his, in a right, Newport right, behind his <laughs> ear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey fellas, man, y'all, we got to lock this down, man. Come on, like you know, because it it's such an interesting phenomenon, but also it's like. You know, when we don't win other medals and other sports, you know what I'm saying? We don't feel so, we don't, I mean, we might be this. What's uh, Lolo Jones? Is she in this Olympics still? Is she the one that kept losing? Yeah, she is. Man, I hope she figures that thing out this year, man. Did she get a bronze? Did she get a bronze or something? I think she anyway, did. Uh... All right, man, well, good for her. Man, just, just figure it out, Lolo. And everybody else, you know what I mean? Because we'll be fighting to get these medals. But we don't, we don't treat them the way we treat the NBA players. And, I, you know, I just feel like at some point for them, it's, what's the upside, man? say, like, look, I'm doing two or three, you know, depending on how old I am and all this lanes, then y'all on your own. Like, I'd be special assistant coach or something, but I ain't playing. Or, or we just do an under-25 thing. Like, USA sending only under-25 team. We ain't sending no, uh, you know, no older dudes.
1: Right. Out. I think we got to figure out, right, either we're okay with whatever it's going to be or we're not. Maybe. Right? Like we're either okay with just balling and sending our 25 year olds and, and rocking out, or we're gonna to try to dominate. But that means we have to pay more attention to what domination looks like if that's what we're gonna do.
2: Yeah. Man. All right. Well, I don't
0: know. With that, that's all I got. You know, what I mean? hey man, you good order. No.
1: Listen, it's all good. We'll see y'all, you know, same bad time, same bad place. <laughs>
0: Alright, so with that, I'm going to say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, Majestic. Uh, Thank you to you, the listeners. As always, we record as often as we can um, with care and concern and look into the future and appreciate their support and the time you spend tuning in to what we laying down, as they say. You can support the podcast best by sharing with a friend uh, by, you know, hitting the rate and subscribe and whatever, you know, medium you engage with this. Give us some likes or something. Um, also, though, you can materially, physically support the podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. If you just search Ash Oldhead and you find the image of me and my name, Justice Raji you know, drawing on a monthly contribution, you know, help keep the lights on, as it were. Um, the next step in the next month, you know we will see some more uh content some more interviews and it'll just keep going you know it's been a summer and and when it's appropriate in time i will maybe add on in in word and rhyme so in any event thank you you know as always take the best part for yourself be safe peace